Hey y'all, and thank you for joining me in for another episode of Love and Mommy. Um, pretty much, I just want you know, I wanted to be transparent, as I said in the beginning, and that I wanted to, as I go through this journey of motherhood, I wanted to be transparent as what I'm going through, the feelings, as well as all the things I've experienced um, as I started my journey. My journey started about seven years ago. Uh, when I had my oldest, who is my son, in which, you know, getting pregnant at the first time you go to the doctor and you're like, um, well, of course, you know, you take your home pregnancy test at home and you're like, wow, I'm pregnant. Hmm. Is it real? Could it be real? And then you go to the doctor and they're like, so you took a test at home? Yeah, I took a test at home. So they just give you another test and you're, they're like, yeah, it showed up that you are pregnant. I'm like, no blood work, no nothing of that nature. It's like, no, the, uh, pregnancy test is all we need. It's like, well, <laughs> I knew that. <laughs> so, um, I got home, you know, talking about what are we going to do? Are we going to go ahead and keep it? Or are we, you know, going to go ahead and, um, raise the baby, be together, like, how are we going to do this? And for me, you know, going through that motion, like, huh, you know, I'm at this journey right now, like, I'm at a crossroad, like, what, what to do? How is this baby going to impact my life? How am I going to impact its life? You know, it's not just, uh, you know, the baby coming into mind, it's like, okay, I have to raise it. Am I prepared to raise it? Do I want to raise it, right? You know, like, am I, am I able to do this? Like, you know, and so one of the things, like, you get so much unsolicited advice, right? And when everybody find out you're pregnant, because I try to hold my, like, I told my mom and he told his mom and, you know, we wanted them, everybody like that to know. But as far as outside of, you know, the immediate family, I was kind of embarrassed, you know, to say that I was pregnant. Like it wasn't something that, because I had always like, if I were to get pregnant, you know, I would be married or be a little well off than where I was at that time. Like I wasn't satisfied with where I was in my life in order to raise, bring a family in order to bring a child into it. You know, I still wanted to have fun and I still wanted to go out and party like it's 1999, right? So, um, it was just kind of like, okay, well, you know, slowing down. And I guess maybe that was a good thing for me that I needed to slow down um, and to try to get my mind and just set me back on a path I should have been. But I was embarrassed to say that I was pregnant um, out of wedlock for one and to allow myself to be in that situation. So I was dealing with all these feelings, right? And, um, going through my mind and just had so many negative thoughts in the beginning. And then my mom was like, there's nothing to be embarrassed about. You know, you don't wait this long, you finish school and all that stuff. But it was still like once, you know, you have certain expectations that you kind of set for yourself. And once you don't meet them, like for me, I I just, it was just like, I felt like a failure. And I felt like I, I, I didn't do it, right? So 
you know, all of those emotions started to weigh down on me. And then going through my pregnancy, you know, being stressed out, I got stressors coming in from work. I got stressors at home, you know, and then it's just all the way around me. So I pretty much, I didn't have peace the entire time of my pregnancy, but yet I had this little warning growing in me. Then you go to the doctor's office and you're trying to tell the doctor, you know, hey, this, you know, I'm kind of excited and you're telling them how you feel. Like I was tired and I was throwing up all the time. Like there wasn't a day that I wouldn't go throw up three or four times and I'm just like I'm tired and there's anything you can give me and I'm sitting here telling the doctor this and he's looking at me like I'm overreacting and I'm being you know crazy like this is normal this is what pregnant people do they throw up but for me that wasn't normal like if he was had been if I would have been his sister it wouldn't have been normal. He'd been trying to figure out something. And it was just like, I was like, just, uh, it, it was more to so the fact that he wouldn't listen to me. It was more to so the fact that he made me feel that I met my, my feelings weren't valid. Like I'm sitting here complaining of being nauseated the entire time. My family is concerned. And yes, I was overweight when I was pregnant, but still, I should have at least been able to enjoy, you know, food or enjoy to eat something, but I literally couldn't. I couldn't smell meat. Like, I had that aversion. Like, if I smelled it, automatically threw up. If I smelled anything strong, automatically threw up. And it was like, and then by me working like an hour away from, um, an hour away from work, in which I had told him, my doctor, I was like, look, I work an hour away from work. The place that I was working in, I did not want to have my child anywhere down there because I had wanted to work up until I went into labor, but I didn't want to be stuck down there trying to have my baby and not be able to drive back home or have an issue to where I can't get back to this hospital. So... Me and him went back and forth about that until he finally agreed to uh, uh, ask my my supervisor if I could move closer to home or be transferred closer to home. So, you know, if anything was to happen, I could be ready. But why is that a, such a big deal? And for me, and being surrounded by so many men and men not being able to carry, carry a child themselves and to say, oh, a hundred women all have babies every single day, but yeah, but they all are not the same. Like, I hate that statement. Like, yeah, women have babies all every day, but our bodies are not designed the same way and they cannot go through the same thing. You cannot put a hundred different women and expect them to all carry out labor and pregnancy the same way. They're going to handle it different ways and handle it the way they can. And it was just like, I was tired. But I have a theory behind I was tired, which I will tell you guys about that in this episode. Um, in which, you know, my doctors, and which me, myself as well, because I wasn't a person who went to the doctor every year like you should for your annual. So 
It was more so when something's go wrong, I go to the doctor. But even then, doctors are not gods. We have, as a society, have put doctors on a pedestal to say, hey, they know everything they do. You know, they went to all the school. They're supposed to know X, Y, and Z. But, but we forget they are still humans. Humans make mistakes. And they do not know everything. They only know basically but. They went to school for, but even then, um, everything keeps changing. Like every year, they're having to learn something new, some new technique. It's something constantly changing because we are changing as people. So we got to keep that in mind. And, you know, the thing is, is that in order for a doctor to be able to treat us, is that we got to be honest with that doctor and be able to hold a conversation with them to say, hey, this is what's wrong with me. This is why I came here. This is what I need you to do. This to help me understand. And that doctor needs to be willing to go ahead and say, hey, let's work together. We're going to be a team. We're going to get you there. I had one out of, I am 35 years old, and I have had in my entire life two people to have done that to me, and both of them was women. One was a doctor. The other one was a nurse practitioner. And with that, for that nurse practitioner, I really do, in all honesty, I owe her my life because it wasn't for her. Then sitting down there listening to me, and listening to my problems and telling her what I have been in experiencing the entire, ooh, the entire time ever since I started a period and took her and me almost passed out on a freaking park. Then he took her listening and said, hey, we're going to, I'm not letting you leave here today until we figure out what is wrong with you. And for that, I am truly 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 grateful because she didn't have to do that she could have been like everybody else and just giving like a little simple test and said well I don't see nothing wrong and send me right on out that door but she said we're gonna figure this out today and we're gonna and because like pretty much I was sitting here and I would be telling my husband I was telling everybody else and they was just like oh you're crazy you're overreacting and you know they labeled me as you know lazy and don't want to do nothing but I Ended up finding out that I was anemic and it was severe enough to where I was close to where I would need a transfusion, which I have always had issues with my period because ever since I started a period, I always bled heavy, like for seven days straight. It never went light. It was never like when people like, oh, you know, my, this my light day. I ain't got to worry about it. I'm like, never heard of a light day. You know, I when my heavy, what I came to find out were heavy days was my normal. And then I used to faint because I was I was losing so much blood. I fainted. I was always nauseous during my period. Like I hated my period coming on. I was nauseous. I bloated. Like I was six months pregnant, bloated, have weird cravings. Where I would be craving a pickle and a jungle juice. And that's the weirdest thing for me. Like when I was pregnant, I couldn't stand pickles. But when my period was on, I craved pickles, jungle juice. And then I always had to get a KFC chicken breast on the first day of my period. In order for me to have a good period. Where I didn't throw up. Or I wasn't too much bloodiness or anything nature. If I didn't do those things, oh, it was going to be hell to pay. Like, my body fought me like crazy. 
And then I couldn't drink water. Like during that time frame, I could not drink water at all. Like I wouldn't swallow it. I couldn't put it in my mouth. Like it was just, it was crazy. So that's one of the things, like when I went to the doctor my first turn 18 to uh, get put on birth control pills to help me with my cycle, I went to him and I was like, I wanted a hysterectomy, right? I was like, I do not want a period. I want a hysterectomy. And he was like, no, you're too young for that. And I was just like, okay, cool beans. But here's here's my thing, right? If I'm coming to you and I'm saying, and which I have to pay for this. Like, I'm paying for the doctor. I wasn't on Medicaid. I wasn't on Medicare. This is a legit bill that I'm at, I'm 18, so I'm under my parents' um, health insurance. But the health insurance only cover a little part. I'm paying this bill. So if I'm sitting here telling you this is what I want, this is why why tell me and I'm telling you I don't really care about having kids. Why tell me that no, this isn't our policy. Um, you may end up wanting later, this is not gonna take that from them. We can't do that. No, like you didn't understand because even then, like he diagnosed me with crippling cramps because number one, you're not going to check me while my period is on because you you don't want to deal with it. So why force me to continue dealing with the rest of my life? Case in point, I love all my kids now, but just wrong with me here. How can I miss something I ain't never have? I can't miss kids. I ain't never have, so I can't go back and say, oh, I wish I would have had my three kids. No, if I would have did what I would have originally asked for him to do, I couldn't miss my kids right now. I wouldn't be able to say, oh, darn, I miss having kids. No, because I was seriously so sick of the way I was feeling with my cycle coming on that I had, like, I, I needed some kind of relief. So he gave me the birth control pills, and which they helped for a while, but then you heard all them things coming out, um, them callbacks for them, and then, of course, there was the whole thing where they were giving people heart attacks and causing heart problems, in which for African-American women, heart disease is the number one killer. So immediately... I was just like, uh, got to get off of birth control. Like, I'm not taking it. I don't want it. And especially the one that I was on, that got called back. And I was like, mm-mm, I don't trust that, not done it. And so, therefore, then they, that's when the whole thing came out about the thing in the arm with the implant. And then, you know, all the things in which I'm already, you know, I've already ways being uh, thick thighs and everything. So, just like, I'm hearing all the stories that come along with that. Plus, the implant can move in your arm and get nudged somewhere else. And I was just like, I wouldn't want something in my arm anyway. Like I move my arms a lot and I have my, I use my arms at work. So I wouldn't want to do that. So it was, and then on top of that, it was, is like, why not? Why do doctors not listen to us? Like they made me so crazy. And they made me feel like I was so crazy and my feelings and what I was going through wasn't valid or I'm overreacting. Like, that's the worst. 
Like, I'm overreacting by telling you how I feel and what I'm going through. Like, how how dare you? Okay. And so I went back uh, to the doctor after, because, you know, the lab, the notification I told you that, hey, she was like, So, the nurse practitioner, she was like, I'm not leaving until we figure it out. So, I had told her um, she ran. I was anemic, like, severely. And she was like, we're going to set you up with your OBGYN to figure out what's going on. Because, like, I told her, the only way that I could be dysanemic is from my periods. Because I bleed ridiculously crazy with them. But I've been doing it my entire life, right? But apparently, that was, I was bleeding more than what my body could produce to put back in there. So, I'll go to the OBGYN, and I'm telling him, and this is the same guy that I ended up going back to that she recommended. It was the very first one that my mom was going to, which is the one I was like, hey, I want to have a hysterectomy at 18. And he was like, no. So, I go there again, and I'm telling him, and of course, he remembers me. Um, and I'm telling him, like, I want to just go and get over with. And he was like, well, we're going to, you know, weigh out your options. And which my auntie, um, everybody in my family pretty much have always had problems with fibroids. So around this age, they've all, all had to have a hysterectomy or something. It just runs in our family, I guess. And so, um... I was telling him, and he was like, well, we're going to, you know, just get your lining and remove your lining of your uterus. And my auntie had already said, you know, he might try to do that. And she was like, don't let him, because even if he does do that, it's not going to fix the problem, and you're going to still end up getting a hysterectomy anyway, so just go ahead and get the middleman out the way and just get it done, which... I'm down for it. Like, look, I don't want to have any periods. Like, for me... You have a period to have a child. There's pretty much the only reason why you have a period is to say, hey, uh, you can't get pregnant, but you're still able to get pregnant one day if you need it. I had my tubes tied, so I didn't want any more kids. Like, even after my first, after I had my first child, I was like, I want it done. Cool. Tie my tubes. Let me have a hysterectomy. You know, I don't want any more periods. You know, to get it done. They said, again, this is a different doctor, though. He said, we don't do it after you have one child. It's usually two or more. And I was like, that's ridiculous because if I'm saying it, I'm telling you, and I'm the patient, and I'm telling you what I want, let it be. You know, I'm paying you. This, You want your money? You should do what I tell you to do and give me what I want. So um, moving forward, uh, we... He finds out, and he was like, I told him because I at this point I'm I'm I have enough information to say no. This is where we're going right now, and this is how it's going to be. And even even though he tried as, and of course that was the first thing he said, we're just gonna take your uterine lining the uterus. I was like, no, I no longer want a period. I want a hysterectomy. And he was like, he looked at me. He was like, well, let's see what our options are. And I was like, okay, we can see what our options are. But I'm telling you what I want and I'm going to get because I don't want another period. I'm in hell with this period. 
I don't want it. And so uh, he comes in and he was like, yeah, your uterus is enlarged. And so I was like, okay, um, now can we get it out, you know? And so he finally, he was like, yeah, we're going to head and take out your uterus. But he was like, we're going to leave your ovaries intact. And I was like, cool beans. I just won't. I just no longer want to have a period. I don't care how it has to happen, whatever you got to do. I just don't want to have to have a period. And I was like, and he wasn't very happy or appeased that he had to do it. But, I mean, why not? Like, I'm miserable. Like, um, well, how, it's not affecting you. Like, yeah, I'll be willing to like, do uterus. Do do it all day because it's just my uterus is getting removed, like my ovaries. So therefore, I don't have to take medicines and all of that. But it's just stopping my uterus and me from bleeding. Like, why is that such a big deal? And why is that a problem? And the way that they do it right now is it's less invasive. Like you go in microscopically, well, with a laser, and you cut everything out and just pull it out through my vagina. Like it's like for me, and I was asleep most of it. So it really didn't bother me, and I was at the hospital. The only reason why I had to stay in the hospital overnight was just to make sure, because I was overweight, and just making sure that my body didn't blood, like my legs didn't have blood clots in them. But if I had been um, normal or regular instead of obese, then he probably would let me go home that same day. So it's. I don't know why it's so invasive for doctors or doctors feel like something isn't um, why I, I don't know. I don't want to speculate because I don't know why or why he chose or had those feelings about me. But or maybe I just felt that way because it was just you know, or maybe it was the way that I felt that he was judging me for or not wanting to do the surgery. Like whatever reason is, I don't know. But I do know how it made me feel and not being able to or not be listening to and then dealing with the fact that maybe I was black and he because he doesn't he didn't give me that much attention. That I wanted to make sure that my feelings and my concerns were heard and met because it was more so like he rushed me out of there or was just like, oh, okay, Mm, coming in, see what I got to see. And then leave. And it was just like, no, that's not all of it. Like, you don't seem to understand or get the gist of it. So, yeah. Um, I don't understand why that is. And I'm not going to sit there and just say, I mean, it's a possibility it could have been race. I don't know. I'm not him. But I can only go by his actions based off how he treated me and how he made me feel. Because I've even had... It, not just um, white doctors, but also black doctors where they don't listen to our concerns. It's not just a race thing. It's just doctors in general don't listen to black women concerns or they feel like we're overreacting about the what our um, how our bodies are responding to different things. And it's necessarily like I don't know why that may seem because I don't know they're thinking because. Um, the other counterparts or other races are not responding this way to medicine or this way to labor or whatever the case is. And they feel like, hey, all women should be the same way. 
I don't know, but I'm not going to speculate, but we need to find a reason and we need to get to the bottom of it as to what's going on. But um, that's it for my podcast. And as you always, it's just me living in my moment and trying to get through what I call this life. Thank you and love you guys. Bye.